What we've done uh, this year is we, we made, we made a, a kind of a rule for ourselves that we'll, we'll answer a question twice you know, over, over a period of time, but then, then we'll, we'll, we'll let those go. However, we want you to still have the answers to them. So if you have asked questions or one of yours didn't get answered maybe during the series, there's a list out there on those spools. There's a little card, and you might have them. Sometimes you've got them in your handouts the last few weeks that list the questions we've answered the last few years. And it tells you where to find them. You go to our website under Listen, and then you find the series, you find that particular message, and there's your question, the answer to the question. So we've made this available to you guys so that you can, it's just a better way or even a, a way you can get more questions answered. So please take advantage of that uh, if, if you want. And I'll give you a few examples. Um, last year, we answered one of the questions was, how do I deal with difficult people? Now, Ed needs to listen to this one often because he deals with me. And so like, every week he's listening. I'm just kidding. I, I'm, I'm fantastic. Uh, I'm just kidding, you guys. Y'all laugh. It's just, it's just, that was a joke that I won't say in the second service. So the next question is, how can I maintain joy in my life? This was in 2016. We answered this question for you guys. And then uh, just a fun one from the first year that we did, the, or 2016, was why did, what did the carnivores eat when they got off the ark? We got that question, too, and we answered that as best we could. So uh, go, to, go to the app, go to the website, and grab hold of those questions if you need them. Now, each week, we're following certain guidelines when we answer these questions for you. The first is, if there's a clear biblical reference to your question, that's what we're going to present. Uh, if, it's, if it's just cut and dry, here it is, that, that's how we're going there first. And then if, there, if we... Sometimes that's not what we have. We have principles, though. So we'll look for a principle in the Bible that relates to or addresses the question that we're answering. And then in, in the case that those are also, we, we can't find one of those because sometimes there is, then we'll give you our opinion. And if the answer to the question is one of our opinions, we will certainly tell you, hey, this is our opinion. This is what we feel. This is what we think. And um, then you can... Take it or leave it, you know, if you believe us or not. So with all, that saying, with all that being said, here we go with question number one. Do you have to be baptized to go to heaven? Simply no. You don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. Let's look at a Bible passage. And this passage takes place at the end of the time of Jesus on earth where he's being crucified for my sins and for your sins. And on each side of him is a criminal who are also being crucified and they have a conversation. Let's look at it. One of the criminals hanging on the cross next to Jesus kept ridiculing him, saying, What kind of Messiah are you? Save yourself and save us from this death. The criminal hanging on the other's cross rebuked the man, saying, Don't you fear God? You're about to die. We deserve to be condemned, for we are just being repaid for what we've done. But this man, he's done nothing wrong. Then he said, I beg you, my Lord Jesus, show me grace and take me with you into, ever, into your everlasting kingdom. Jesus responded, I promise you, this very day you will enter paradise with me. And that very day they died. And then that criminal on the cross who asked Jesus to remember him opened his eyes in heaven. Didn't get baptized. There's other examples as well in the Bible where people were believers and hadn't been baptized. So 
Let's talk a little more about baptism, though, as a principle and as an important practice. First off, why do we even baptize at all? Why do we do what we do? Well, let's go to uh, the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. He's finished. He's been uh, raised from the dead, and he's with his guys, kind of giving them their marching orders as he goes back to heaven to be with the Father. And look what he tells his disciples. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus commands us to do it. That's the first and most important reason we baptize. But there's some reasons why I believe he wants us to be baptized. There's, there's some effects about baptism. But let's just say it, uh, again one last time that in the Bible, water baptism takes place after a person has accepted Jesus, after they've decided they're going to go all in with Jesus, okay? So the two effects a baptism has is a first on the individual. Often there's a, a joy and a peace in the fact that they're obeying the Lord. And, and the actual experience, I always point back here to our baptistry, the actual experience of being baptized is often very uh, moving and profound. I always tell folks before they're baptized, be praying, ask God to meet us there in the baptistry. And it's just, it's just usually wonderful. There's this neat, neat presence of God. So there's a, an effect on the individual knowing I've obeyed Jesus. I've been willing to say to the world, I'm a follower. And then there's also an effect on the people observing. They see a person who's serious. They're saying, I'm declaring to the world, I'm following Jesus. And so it has an effect on those who are observing as well. The word baptism means literally to immerse in water, all right? It means to be completely dunked, all right? And it's an outward symbol and a public declaration of what is already an inward reality, okay? The person's already a believer. They're obeying Jesus. Baptism also symbolizes the fact that our spirit has been cleansed, just like washing you know, with, with water and soap cleanses us. Baptism symbolizes that I'm a new person, I've been forgiven. I've been cleansed of my sins. Baptism symbolizes and reminds us of what Jesus did for us. Picture Jesus on the cross, laid in the tomb, raised from the dead. That's baptism. It's a picture of the gospel, the message of Jesus. Baptism is a special time. And it's more than just an event. It's more than just going through the motions of doing something. It's a connection with God. It's a very important time. So if you're here today and you have a relationship with God through Jesus, you are in the family of God, you are following Jesus, but you haven't been baptized yet, I strongly urge you to sign up to be baptized next week. We're, we have folks re ready to be baptized next week, and you can get in on that. And here's how you do it. You go to our website, ignitechurch.cc, and on the homepage, there's a button that says baptism. Hit that. You'll fill it out. And we'll know you want to be baptized, and we'll communicate with you this week, okay? All right, so let's go on to question number two. And let me pause for a second and say, um, if I could get... No. If I could get somebody to bring Ed and I one of the little communion cups with stuff in it, because we completely forgot. Thank you. All right, question number two. When, uh, what do you do when, a, when your spouse or your kids don't want to follow Jesus with you? I, I'm the only one that goes to church. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, let them get together. 
what what do you do when when your drummer thinks he's a comedian? Um, <laughs> the next. Thank you, thank you very much. I don't know where to put this. Hold it. Start over. Luckily, we get we have editing capabilities. What do you do when your spouse or kids don't want to follow Jesus with you? Like, You're the only one. I don't want to go. Honey, you can't make me go. You go, that's fine, but I'm not doing it. Okay, here's, here, here's what we do. A very simple answer to that is let your love, let your example win the day. Let your example win the day with him. In the Bible, we've got a, a letter written to the church, which specifically it was written to the church, the, the Corinthian church, but it applies to us here today or actually any church around the world. And in part of that letter, we read, love is patient and kind. Love is patient and kind. And another piece of it reads this way. Y'all take a look. Love takes everything that comes without giving up. Love believes all things. Love hopes for all things. Love keeps on in all things. Let your example win the day. When you have a, a spouse or, or kids that just, like, they buck against you, and like, I'm not going to church, you started going, but it's not for me, it's not my thing, whatever, whatever you've heard and, and the arguments against it you've heard, rather than fighting over it and arguing about it and, and, and going that direction, we highly recommend that you love them. That you, that, that you let your example of love win the day. And here's something I heard a long time ago, um, and it stuck with me. And, and, I, and I heard it this way. When, when you love someone, that, that love always hits its mark. If, if you're loving someone and sharing with them the love that God's put in your heart, it's always going to hit the mark, it, and the mark is somebody else's heart. It's, gonna, it's going to reach them. Now, it may take it several times because their heart may not be as soft as yours. They may be pretty resistant to following God at all or, or, or something like that. That's okay. Love can continue to hit it, and it's always going to hit it every single time. They may or they may not show it. You know, it could take a week of you loving somebody and letting your love win the day, and then they're like, you know what, I, I want what God has for me too. I want to, I want to be who God made me to be, and I want to connect with him, or it may take 40 years. So it, this is a simple answer. However, it's likely that it may not be easy because they may fight you, or they may argue, or they may say, I'm, I'm not going next week. They may hurt your feelings. Let your love win the day. Ask God to help you. Ask him to, God, please help me love my family well. Now, I have a, kind of a little more suggestion. If your kids, if your spouse, how many of you know you can't really, you really can't force your spouse to do anything? And it's okay, you shouldn't. That, that's, you know, marriage isn't really made to work that way. However, if your four-year-old says, I don't want to go, I don't, I don't want to read the Bible today, I don't want you to pray with me, well, it's your job as a parent to lead them. And so lead them. Love them while you lead them. And so it, that's the best answer I got. And, and we find it in the Bible, love. 
love them. It's the love of God that draws people, and that is your best way to reach a family member that, especially spouse or kids, that say, I don't want to follow God with you. Let love lead them to God. All right, next question. When and how do I have the birds and bees talk with my child? When and how do I do that? Well, first off, we want to acknowledge that's an important question, especially in our culture that's so sex-crazed that people are exposed so young, so young to images and all kind of stuff. And so it's so important for us to help our children have a biblical, healthy perspective on human sexuality. Now, unfortunately, because of this world we live in, a parent has to address this sensitive subject maybe sooner than they'd prefer. But you just have to understand that this is the world we live in. I've got to do this now. Here's the deal. You want your children to learn from you about human sexuality, not from TV, not from their friends and other things. You want them to learn from you so they hear it right, what's really true about this subject. So here's what one of the best experts on Christian parenting, Dr. James Dobson, says about teaching your children about human sexuality. He said they should know the basics by age 10, by age 10. And I, uh, he's been around for decades, and uh, he's just widely trusted, and, and I think he's right, by age 10. Now, he has a website called Focus on the Family, and if you're on the church app right now in your notes, you see you actually have a link. You can go right there. Or if you have your written notes, you can type that in your computer. And on that page, you have all kinds of great help about talking to children, whatever age they're at. And that's how my wife and I did it. We started at a young age with simple little books for our children as they got older. We had an older book or an older, you know, something to help us share with them. So go to that website. You'll get all the help you need. Now... If it seems that your child is uninterested, doesn't really want to talk about the birds and the bees, well, parents, it's still your responsibility to do it, and probably the kid's just messing with you. I've never, have you ever heard of a child not interested in the birds and the bees? Maybe there has been, but I don't think so. So parents, we recognize this is one of those aspects of parenting that can be tough and challenging, but look at this Bible verse. It can help give us some hope about this stuff. Proverbs 25, 6 says this, teach a child how to follow the right way. Teach a child how to follow the right way. Even when he is old, he will stay on course. So parents, whether it's birds and bees stuff or anything else important, God wants you to know, parents, that your efforts to raise your children to follow the right way, your efforts do make a difference. All right. One more question for today. And that's this. What is communion? You might have heard it called the Lord's Supper. It's the same, referring to the same thing. Well, we want to talk about that. And that, obviously, that's why I was asking for how many of you, if you don't have one of these things, somebody will get you one. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody here should have one by now. But this is important because you're going to need it. Now, again, the quick answer for this question is communion is an act of, of worshiping God, of remembering Jesus at the same time. It helps us connect with Jesus. And, and so let's, let's talk about it a little bit. Like baptism that Ed was describing, 
Communion, it's a meaningful ceremony that, that we take part in that is performed after choosing to follow Jesus. And it's, it makes it, it's very important, and it makes it very, very special. Let's, we're going to read here in uh, 1 Corinthians again. Again, this is a letter to the church, and this is, the guy's writing it, and then we're going to see something that Jesus himself said referring to communion. So here we go. Uh, let me set the stage. This is when, if you've ever seen the picture of Jesus and sitting around the, at the Last Supper and the 12 disciples, maybe you've seen a picture like that. I don't know who took that photograph, but um, something like that. This is that event. When they were doing that, that's when this occurred, or when, when Jesus was talking. On the night when the Lord Jesus was handed over to be killed, he took bread and gave thanks for it. Then he divided the bread and said, this is my body, it is for you. Eat this to remember me. In the same way, after they ate, Jesus took the cup of wine. He said, this cup represents the new agreement from God, which begins with my blood sacrifice. When you drink this, do it to remember me. This means that every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are telling others about the Lord's death until he comes again. Jesus himself said, hey, you guys do this. And so it's kind of interesting to me that this was, you know, 2,000 some odd years ago, and yet today, all over the world, people are still doing what Jesus said. That's amazing. They're still remembering Jesus. They're doing this ceremony. What it says to me is it worked. Jesus said, you guys do this together to remember me, and here we are today remembering Jesus, probably a lot of it because people kept on. They kept following Jesus throughout the generations, and I'm so glad for it. Um, we're going we're gonna to do this together today, and we're going we're gonna to make this, this is just a really special time. And so, but first, I want, want you to go ahead and get ready. So peel back that first little compartment with the bread in it, and, and pull out that little, that little piece of bread. This, this little bread, it's a reminder that Jesus, that his body was broken for us. Uh, Ed mentioned it a second, a little bit a second ago when Jesus was hanging on the cross when he, he was dying for our sins. Well, this is helping us remember that event and remember how, what Jesus did and what it means for us. And so I wanna encourage you to honor Jesus this morning. And let's, we're gonna pray a little bit, then we're gonna eat this bread together. Lord, we, we thank you that you gave yourself for us, that you gave up your body for us. And today, we, we're choosing to remember what you've done, to commemorate and connect ourselves with you. Thank you so much for how much you love us, Jesus. Take that little piece of bread. Remember that Jesus' body was broken for you, and let's eat it together today. The next thing they did, they, and they ate, and then they, they had the, the cup. And, you know, as a kid, I've been in church my entire life. And as a kid, Communion Sunday was one of the most exciting Sundays because my dad was an usher. And the ushers are the ones that would hold the big, the golden trays, and they had a bunch of little cups of juice in them. And uh, people do that today still. We, we, we opt to go this route, but it's the same thing. Well, when communion is over and, you know, church is over, guess who got to drink all the little cups? 
Uh, yeah, see, we, and it was, the, it was the most fun day because I was a kid and that, that was great. We get to drink juice. Well, it means a little more than that to me today. Um, Jesus shed his blood for us. And when I was thinking about this, we were writing, the, writing these answers, writing the message, I was reminded of something I heard a few weeks ago. Um, just a few weeks back, there was a soldier that was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor. And then they told the story of why, why he got it, why he was awarded this. And here's what this guy did. They were on a mission and they were going to save someone. This was back a few years back that this happened over, I think it was in Afghanistan, somewhere like that. And uh, they were going to rescue someone that, that, one of their soldiers. And so this group of guys go and they, they head in to get them. Well, they, they come under attack and it's pretty bad. And the one guy, he, uh, he did some very heroic things. Uh, he went and he attacked the enemy and he took out a bunch of bad guys. And um, when, when things were kind of wrapping up, they actually thought he was dead, but he wasn't. Uh, and he, he woke back up after being injured and he continued to fight. And eventually his, his fellow soldiers, they all are getting on a helicopter to get evacuated out of there. Well, when they, as that helicopter comes down and the guys start to head towards it, a machine gun, wherever, wherever it's at, focuses on this helicopter and these guys, and, and, and it's going to shoot them down. It's going to take them out. This soldier decides, apparently, he decides that that's not going to happen. So he takes, from his position, he stands up and he engages that machine gun. He knows, there's no, I 100% believe he knew he was going to die that day. But he was giving up his life for these other guys to escape, for them to get out. And he, he, gave, he shed his blood that day to save them. That's an amazing story to me. And even telling it to you kind of chokes me up a little bit. Well, Jesus did that for us. He did that for our eternity. He said, hey, um, these guys are going down. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll step in, in the way here. I'll take the shot for them. I will shed my blood for them. I will save them. So that's what he came for. That's what he did. And when we, we take this little cup of juice, y'all go ahead and peel that thing off of it. Uh, th- that's what he did for us. And so when we have communion at church, or we can, you know you can do this at home with your family, and when we do this, that... Probably from now on, that's what I'm going to remember, is that Jesus stood up and, and he, he took it for us. He shed his blood on purpose. He made the conscious decision, I'm going to die, so that they can connect back to God. So now we have a chance. Now we can connect back to God. We can be part of his family again because of what Jesus did. Well, we have that privilege. And, and let, let's just take another second here to, to thank him for what he's done. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that, that you took the bullet for us, that you stood up, and you let your blood be shed so I could connect it back to God, so I could be part of God's family. Thank you that you did it for all of us. Today, Jesus, we're remembering you by doing what you did on that night so many years ago and drinking this little cup of juice to, to signify and to... Remembering your sacrifice.
Let's, let's drink this juice to commemorate what Jesus did for us. So because Jesus did that, we have the chance to connect back to God. And I want to, I want to do something here, and it just if you stick with me for just a, another minute, we want to ask God to say something special to our hearts about this. I, I can only imagine that you know, Jesus could see our faces when he decided, I'm going to give it up for them. And um, I'd like God to say something special to our hearts this morning. And so will you do this with me? Well, I'm going to pray, but at the same time, will you be praying the same thing that God speaks something to us? We're just going to take a moment and let's do this. Dear God, thank you that you sent Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you came and you stood up for us, that you gave up your life, and we pray today. Holy Spirit of God, please speak something special into our hearts this morning. We want you to say something to us that we need to hear in this moment. Dear Lord, I pray that you say something special into the heart of every person as we focus on you this morning. What I'd like to ask you to do is if, if God's saying something special into your heart, write it down. Well, like in this moment, write it down. If, if you don't have a pen and paper, that, type it into your phone. Something you can read back to yourself over the week, reminding you, or just reminding you of what Jesus has said to your heart today. He loves you. He stood up, and he, uh, he stood up so you and I could connect to God. It's an amazing thing. What's, what, what, what I think is even more amazing is that God wants to talk to us about it and remind us of it and speak into our lives today. That's incredible. Y'all stand up with us this morning. Prayer team's up here on the sides that can pray with you for anything you need prayer for. And uh, one more reminder about baptism. Go to the website. You'll see the uh, button there that you can sign up and be baptized next Sunday. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today and how it speaks into our lives and gives us life. And Father, we pray about these, these questions that are so important. Lord, give parents wisdom in raising their children on all matters. Give them wisdom and direction and encourage them that what they do does make a difference. Lord, thank you that we can follow you in, in special ways like baptism and communion. Help us grow in our understanding and experience of you in these things. And Lord, where there's homes that uh, some are following Jesus and some aren't, strengthen the ones that are just to love that family, to reach out to them. Lord, this week, I pray you bless these guys, that your joy would be strength to all of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.